coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field. It's the Derek Izzy Show. And welcome to the Derek Izzy Show. I am Derek Izzy, and thanks for listening. First thing I'd like to do is give a shout out to the sponsors of the show, IzzyRacketball.com for all your racquetball needs, and NatureBox. NatureBox is the maker of healthy food snacks and a product that I use every month. What you do is you sign up online. Now you have to use the link that is on my website. On the podcast site, you have to click on that link. That'll take you directly to NatureBox, where you can place your order for your monthly subscription. The subscription that I have is $20 a month. You get five snacks included in that, and they rotate the snacks, so there's something different every month. For example, this month, I've got a bag of baked sweet potato fries, got a bag of honey crunch crisps, a bag of French toast granola, a bag of honey-roasted sunflower seeds, and a bag of dried Granny Smith apples. All good, healthy snacks for you if you're trying to get on a healthy lifestyle, or they are all great-tasting snacks, so if you just want to try something new, check them out. Use the link that is on my website. That will take you directly to naturebox.com, and it lets them know that a listener from my show heard my words about them and decided to try their product. Now, on to today's topic. Topic of today's podcast is a little-known gentleman who is an architect. Well, he was an architect a long time ago. I'm wondering if any of you have ever heard of this gentleman. I'm not going to name him just yet. He was born uh, November 21st, 1893, in Brooklyn, New York. He died September 8th, 1952, in New York City. Now, what made this gentleman notable? Well, as an architect, he designed many, many buildings. Being born in 1893, he graduated with his architecture degree from Williams College. He also went to Columbia University School of Architecture, as well as a school in France. So he was highly educated, very, very intelligent. Uh, He did a lot of work in New York City. He designed a, a building in North Carolina as well, but the primary part of his work was in New York City. And I'm sure you've heard of some of the buildings that he's designed. But you probably don't know very much about him. Now, to tell you a little bit more about where this guy came from, he was a very brilliant architect. The building that he designed, which leads us to the topic of the podcast today, was designed in two weeks. Now, obviously, it took a lot longer to build it, But because of the brilliance of this architect, two weeks was all it took to design this very, very special building. 
he was selected because he was one of the premier architects of the time, and they needed a brilliant mind to design this particular building. During one of the conversations when planning to drop the design, he was asked, how high can you make this structure so that it won't fall down? He pulled out a thick pencil, stood it up, and that became the inspiration for the building that he designed. Now, when this gentleman joined the architectural firm that I will not mention because his name's in it, they designed a lot of different buildings, like I mentioned before. Some of the more notable buildings that they did uh, in Winston-Salem, the Reynolds Building, uh, in New York City, 521 Fifth Avenue, 740 Park Avenue, 500 Fifth Avenue, 14 Wall Street, basically buildings all over the city. They extended their reach into other places, like uh, the Acacia Building in Washington, D.C., the Hill Building in Durham, North Carolina, the Lever Brothers Construction Headquarters, which is now the MIT Sloan School Building in Cambridge, Massachusetts. They designed Hunter College, Parkchester Buildings, Best and Company Buildings, which has now been demolished, but they designed that back in the 1940s, and Carmen Hall. They also designed the New York Supreme Court in Kings County back in 1957. So they've got an established established criteria that they've designed a lot of buildings and they've been very successful. But the building that I'm going to be talking about today is probably the most famous structure that they are known for and that this particular gentleman was the head architect on. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about this building just to give you a a clue about what all went into this. At the time they built it, Construction was started in 1929. It took two years to complete and over $40 million to build this thing. Back then, that was a lot of money because today it would have been equivalent to about $629 million. When the building was built, at the time, it stood as the tallest building in the world. And it held that title for almost 40 years. If you don't know what it is, that might have just been a big clue. Just the lobby of this building is three stories tall. But I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the unique things that are included in this building. The lobby was recently renovated back in 2009 at a cost of $550 million. So there's been a lot of money involved in this. On the 86th floor, there's an observation deck. There used to be an elevator that would travel between the 86th and the 102nd floor to transport passengers after they checked in at this observation deck. And airships would fly in. And you could board and fly away from the 103rd floor. But this was something they had to discontinue Uh, Because of the large updrafts caused by the building itself, it was not really safe to do that. And what was special about the observation deck? Well, that was a source of income. During the building's first year of being open, the observation deck where people could 
come up and get a brilliant view of the entire New York City. The observation deck alone took in $2 million the first year that the building was open. That was about the same amount of money made by the owners in rent for all the tenants they had that year. Because when the building was first built, they had a lot of problems getting tenants and people to come in and just rent space. But the observation deck was a moneymaker from day one. The building was also hit by a B-25 Mitchell bomber at one point in time. It was due to thick fog, and the pilot just never saw the building. 14 people were killed, uh, and the elevator operator, Betty Lou Oliver, survived a 75-story plunge, which also entered her into the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest-survived elevator fall recorded. But this event caused the pending Federal Tort Claims Act to be put into effect, allowing people to sue the government. Shockingly enough, a year later, another aircraft almost hit the building, but it just missed. If you don't know what the building is by now, you will know it by the title of the building run-up. It's a foot race from the ground level to the 86th floor observation deck. It's been held annually since 1978. Participants are referred to both as runners and as climbers and are often tower running enthusiasts. The race covers a vertical distance of 1,050 feet and takes over 1,500 steps. The record time so far is 9 minutes and 33 seconds. That's climbing at a rate of 6,593 feet per hour. If you don't know what this building is yet, you should. It is none other than the Empire State Building in New York City. And the little-known man, the brilliant architect who designed this structure, his name was William Lamb. And now you know the rest of the story. Thank you for listening. I just want to thank everybody who liked the status on Facebook and actually doubled the number of downloads that we had in one day. Number of podcast downloads between January and March 1st after one Facebook posting has doubled. So I want to thank everybody for listening. If you have any comments, suggestions, shoot me an email, Derek at DerekIzzy.com. Visit my website for all your racquetball needs. Click on the link to access NatureBox. We need to keep them as a sponsor of the show. And their products are just amazing. Remember, I will never endorse a product that I don't actually use myself. And thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions for the show on topics you'd like to hear covered, feel free to email me. But at the same time, feel free to call the show. We've got a podcast voicemail box set up. 307-257-2099. Leave a voicemail message for the show, and if we like it, we will play it on the air. And maybe you'll be famous.